You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Today is Monday, August the 9th of 2021. I am the St. Louis Cardinals mega fan and your host for the show, Lucas Smith, thanks for tuning in today. And every day that you tune in, we are brought to you today in part by Locked on MLB. Be sure to join Walking Baseball Encyclopedia Paul Francis Sullivan every day on Locked on MLB. But be sure to call him Sully. It features exciting guest interviews and routine check-ins from the Locked on MLB Network's team of local experts. Subscribe to Locked on MLB today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, I am Lucas Smith, St. Louis Cardinals mega fan. Thanks for tuning in today. Apologies for the late release, but for the next three days, I am in Minnesota. And yesterday, I just got back from a retreat um, from St. Louis to a different spot in St. Louis and then back home. So I'm recording this uh, at a pit stop right now uh, somewhere in Wisconsin. Don't even know where I'm at, to be quite honest with you. But still getting you daily content Monday to Friday. And you can expect tomorrow's episode to be out on time because we're getting to the Airbnb today. Uh, But nevertheless... Cardinals do win the series, somewhat positive, two out of three against the Kansas City Royals in uh, the weekend series. Uh, however, the third game was kind of a dud and kind of really, really disappointing, to be quite honest with you. And it was one of those games that I talked about in the Locked On Now video um, that, that I posted on the social media, LO underscore Cardinals, Twitter and Instagram. I don't think I posted it on the Instagram, but on Twitter I posted it. And it was one of those games that... Games that got away, kind of a, kind of a what if game. So we're gonna break down the series. We're gonna go backwards in time. We're gonna go Sunday to Saturday to Friday. It's kind of what, what's fresh in our memories, and I've, you know, got got some notes prepared for that. Um, break down each game in segments one and two, and then segment three, answering some of your questions that you guys posted on the Instagram story. Again, that is at lo underscore Cardinals. So we're gonna get into all of that first. Uh, standings update: Cardinals 55 and 56, 495 winning percentage, 10 and a half out of the first place Milwaukee Brewers, and eight games out of their closest wild card spot. Cardinals four and six in their last 10. Um, pretty good home record, 32 and 25, um, as that was improved with the three games against the Kansas City Royals. However, still unable to gain really any ground after you lose three against the Braves, and then you go back and win three against the Kansas, or win two out of three against the Kansas City Royals. Kind of a uh, disappointing homestand for the St. Louis Cardinals. So let's start with, sadly, the most disappointing one, and that would be the game uh, on Sunday, so yesterday, as the Cardinals do fall 6-5. to five. We're going to start positive. We're going to talk about John Lester. John Lester, final line, not good. Five and a third, six hits, five earned, two walks, two strikeouts. I really, really, truly believe that he pitched a lot better than that line indicates. He had an air that that was behind him. He had a ball that was hit to Tyler O'Neill that Andrew Kisner probably should have caught. Um, Tyler O'Neill made a catch and a throw. A one-hop strike that Kisner couldn't handle, got by him, run scored. If Kisner makes that catch, he's probably able to get a tag on the runner for an out. Because he showed that he does have good tagging skills, or at least he did later in the game in that, in that ninth inning to get a play at the plate. Just was not able to receive it very well uh, on the throw from Mr. O'Neill. So that that's a run that, that probably shouldn't have scored. There were just some, some sloppy plays behind John Lester, behind him. Cardinals do just commit the two errors. A couple runs scored on a Tyler O'Neill error. 
Um, and again, I'm not really an expert on how they, they track earned runs versus unearned runs, uh, but for some reason on the box score, all five were charged to Lester. But that is a step forward for John Lester. I truly, 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 uh, truly <laughs> believe that that John Lester took a step forward in his start on Sunday. I think he did, he did too. He said post game that he felt that if he could build off of what he did today, that we would start seeing results very, very soon. And I and I tend to agree with him. John Lester is somebody that has been around the block. He knows what he's doing. I think if he can just continue to build off of it, we're going to start seeing results. And again, you might say to yourself, well, Lucas, we're almost in mid-August here. We need to be seeing results now if, if the Cardinals want to make a playoff push. Yeah, I'm not really confident anymore that playoff push is going to happen. Love the Cardinals and everything like that, but at some point you just got to be a realist and call a spade a spade. The Cardinals have shown you that this is a 500-ish, but a 500 team. And a lot of people have been on it on Twitter on this mindset on Twitter a lot longer than I have been, but I'm starting to get there that this team might just be a 500 team. And it might just be one of those years that the Cardinals look for individual growth. They might look for growth. Maybe if Andrew Kisner can get a little bit more uh, reps down the down the line, and maybe you can see Alex Reyes get a, get a little bit better. Maybe you can see Tommy Evan start to find a little bit. You see good things from Dylan Carlson. Maybe you see just more individual growth rather than a team playoff push. John Lester did say, because John Lester is a competitor, post-game that he said that he's seen this team, this team being the Cardinals, not necessarily the 2021 version of the Cardinals, but he has seen the Cardinals make a run. He's been on the other side of it, so things just need to start falling their way. Things need to start falling the Cardinals' way extremely fast. You need to see the Mets, the Braves, the Phillies all fall off the table. You need to see the Reds fall off the table. You need to see the Brewers fall off the table. And if not falling off the table, at least struggle. You need to see the Padres, the Dodgers, or the Giants, one of those three, start to struggle and fall out of the playoff race. And I am just not confident that any of those things are going to happen. So again, looking for individual growth, individual positives. John Lester, despite the final line and despite his ERA ballooning to 5.57, that's a positive. We also saw um, solid innings from Miller and McFarland. Miller uh, giving up a hit, so one of those runs from John Lester scored after he had exited the ballgame. But Miller... No earned runs charged to him. And then T.J. McFarland with a scoreless inning of work. T.J. McFarland, his stock is rising rapidly. Good stuff from him. And then he, I'll talk about the offense in just a moment as I finish up kind of the bullpen part of it. Alex Reyes, one inning, strikes out two, gives up two hits, an unearned run. But his inning took about two hours <laughs> because you had the two-hour and ten-minute rain delay mixed in there, so it actually took over two hours. Runners go on second and third with... Nobody out after a single and a error by Paul Goldschmidt that he says probably was a turning point in the game, and that run that that got to third because of the score because of that error ended up coming around to score. So you have to wonder, okay, what if he doesn't make that error? But nevertheless, all things considered, the delay, the errors that put the runners in scoring position, Alex Reyes did a nice job. He got a ground ball. Paul DeYoung made a nice play to Andrew Kisner. He gets two strikes on on the next batter. And then just is not able to put him away. Gives up an 0-2 base hit to Nicky Lopez. And the Royals score a run. And then Alex Reyes strikes out the next two. So all things considered, with the pressure situation, with the high tense situations that Reyes has been struggling in, uh, the base on balls, the coming in and throwing on base, Reyes did a fine job in that, in that spot. I'm okay with Alex Reyes' job. He did what he needed to do other than one pitch. And again, that one pitch ended up being the difference, but I wasn't super disappointed in what Alex Reyes brought to the table uh, on Sunday night. So, 
Lester was good. Defense was bad. This is really a big-time game of what-ifs. The Cardinals do go 4-for-13 four in runners in scoring position. A lot of that had to do in later innings, but they left 11 runners on base. They were gifted, gifted four walks by the starter Bubich, unable to put any of them home until that 7th and 8th inning when they scored a run. One run in the 7th, uh, thanks to a Paul Goldschmidt single. He's starting to heat up at least a little bit. You had to think that um, you know, he's been a notorious second-half player. He's shown spots of that. And the other two runs coming, or our other three runs coming in the eighth on a Dylan Carlson sacrifice fly, and then another Paul Goldschmidt single as two runs come around to score via the bat of Paul Goldschmidt in this game. And as much as you, as much as people want to say, oh, Mike Schultz says we fought our tails off too much and he doesn't isn't hard on this team, offensively today in the latter innings, this team did, quote, fight their tails off. They came back to tie it. I don't think anybody was expecting four runs in two innings, myself included, in the 7th and 8th from this Cardinal offense. They they did fight their tails off. They left 11 runners on base. That's a huge negative. They weren't able to cash in on some big breaks when the starter Bubich spotted them four walks in the game. So I get it. There, there are definitely some missed, there were missed opportunities and things the Cardinals can work on coming out of this game. But also a very big positive was the way that they battled in the seventh and eighth innings. It just wasn't enough. It was in a, in a game of inches and in a game of what ifs. The Cardinals were, were unable to 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 get the big hit later in the game in the ninth inning. And I'm sorry. I know Tommy Edmund's strikeout looking was a little bit outside in that ninth inning. But Paul DeYoung took a 94 heater, knee high, maybe even thigh high, down the pipe. You got to pull the trigger. Can't take that looking really in any situation, but you absolutely cannot take that looking as the last hope for your team in the ninth inning. Simply cannot happen. And I'm sorry, I, I just unless Paul DeYoung dazzles us for the next month and a half, I'm not seeing any reason that the Cardinals shouldn't go look for a shortstop. So, that'll do it for game one. That'll do it for segment, or game three, I guess, and, and segment one. Uh, we'll take a quick break to thank our sponsors, then get into games two and three in, in segment two, and then we're going to go and get to answering your guys' questions in segment number three. But first, did you know that 85% of people who play Danny, daily fantasy sports lose? Isn't that really surprising? The game is literally rigged against you. You're playing against thousands of other lineups, not to mention experts who have more tools and more time you might not even stand a chance. Here I am to tell you, introducing Stat Hero. It's the first ever daily fantasy sportsbook that puts the player in control and winning within reach. Here's how it works. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house in a head-to-head fantasy matchup. You name your stakes. Winner. Take. All. You have the advantage. Stat Hero is showing you their lineup ahead of time. No one else does that. That's an advantage that you have. You are in total control. Stat Hero is DFS, the best way, and it is the way the meant it is meant to be, one-on-one. Play Stat Hero now and change the odds. Go to stathero.com slash locked on and sign up for free. And right now, you can get three times back on your first play. They're giving you a 300% match. That is unheard of. Go right now. Stathero.com slash locked on. Stathero.com slash locked on. So on Saturday, the Cardinals with a win against the Kansas City Royals. Pretty pretty solid win. They were also aided a little bit by the sunshine uh, there as Yadier Molina gets a base hit to fall. And 
you know, I, I want to say something real quick. I know that Andrew Kisner had a, a rough game yesterday and that he had some rough defensive things yesterday, two stolen bases off of him. I still think at, at least Kisner and Yachty should probably be splitting time. I don't think anybody would, would go up in arms at that. They, you you could at least argue, or I think any of us can argue or agree with it, they're, they're, comparable, they're more comparable now than they were last year or season ago. And... You know, again, Yadi had more RBI this weekend, yada 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 in career hits, but I, I just have more confidence right now in, in them splitting time or in, than than anything else. Just because I just think that Melina needs more days off than he used to. And that, that is that is what it is and it comes with age. But nevertheless Melina did uh, have some scoring in the game number two uh, with the two RBI base hit um, to right field in the first inning to score uh, Carlson and Goldschmidt. I'll be honest, I didn't watch this one live. I was on retreat, like I mentioned, Saturday afternoon to Sunday mid-afternoon. So I did not watch this one live, but did uh, highlights, replays, and post-game stuff and things of that nature. So let's go ahead and break down the starter, K.K. Kim, as his final line ends up being just four innings, four hits, two earned, two two walks, and three punch-outs. Um, labored through it just a bit. He did throw 83 pitches in those four innings, and the bullpen did a spectacular job coming in for him as Garcia, Helsley, Carrera, Gallegos combined for five shutout innings, just one hit given up by him, and they strike out seven. Uh, as the team overall struck out nine batters, Kim the other, I'm sorry, they struck out six, Kim struck out the other three. But this bullpen, when in, when it's executed right, when people are playing at their, even, even at their medium best, not even at their absolute best, this bullpen can be deadly, can be very, very good. Um, but Kim what was, wasn't was extremely solid. The, the, the two walks and four innings is very uncharacteristic. Just labored through those four innings of play uh, for, for K.K. Kim. But again, K.K. has been really phenomenal coming into the start. or Phenomenal at points in the season, I guess I should say. He does have a couple of blow-up starts here and there. And I'm not saying he, he's going to be the absolute ace of this team or that he needs to be the absolute ace of this team. But I'm saying that he can do better than he did on Saturday. But luckily, the offense picked him up, scoring 10 hits, or, or I'm sorry, producing 10 hits. And overall, just a, a nice performance from the offense. Like I said, Molina had the single. And then in the fourth, Matt Carpenter with a little bit of production. Arnada with a home run in the fifth. That was a bomb to the bullpen. And Lars Newport also had a base hit in the bottom of the sixth to... Um, for him, for uh, to to seal the deal at, at a 5-2 win for the St. Louis Cardinals on Saturday, this one this one was just a solid performance all around outside of the starting pitching, because you know KK Kim only does go four innings, but the bullpen and offense helped make it stick. A quiet, quiet last five innings of this game from the Royals, offensively speaking, as Kansas City is only able to muster up five hits. Again, four of those coming against Kim and the bullpen, just with one hit in the final five innings of play. This is the kind of bullpen that Mike Schultz, I think, expected to have coming into the season. is one that could be effective, one that could get a lot of outs in a short amount of time. And I think that we just haven't seen that this year from this bullpen. But again, the, the offense yesterday, or Saturday rather, was really, really solid. And when, when you're going to get hits like that um, and run produ- production like that, again, again, it's only five runs. But when you're able to seal the deal and when you have a bullpen like this, five runs feels like enough. When, when a bullpen pitches like that, I guess I should say because a bullpen has not pitched like that um, all of this season, but they were able to get their job done on Saturday. Just a real sound, solid win for, a, for to secure a serious win for the St. Louis Cardinals. And that really, those, those kind of wins, in my opinion anyways, have come few and far between um, here in this 2021 season. 
Same thing on Friday. It was This one was a closer one as the Royals were able to put up two runs in the sixth. To make it a two-run game, Cardinals scatter four runs across the first five innings of play. I did watch this one live. Paul Goldschmidt with a bomb as he, um, again, had a really solid weekend offensively speaking. Uh, the defense was a little sh- uh, shaky. Tyler O'Neill also had a home run in this game as he continues to be on a tear. He had a four-hit night on Friday night as he was the player of the game and really a one of his better games of his career. She goes four for four, home run, double, and a couple of singles. Just a triple away from the cycle as Tyler O'Neill has never hit a triple in his major league career, which I find very, very, very shocking, um, if I do say so myself. But nevertheless, Tyler O'Neill with an incredible game on Friday. And I, I, this is just more proving the point of how good this outfield can be. Bader has come back down to earth, yes. But we saw Tyler O'Neill go through a stretch of a little bit of struggling. Now he's starting to bounce back out of it. We saw Carlson go through a stretch of struggling. Now he's starting to bounce back out of it. I think the key is, is that when these three guys don't feel like they have to be the guy, when they have other players around them that can hit, that can produce, then that takes the pressure off of them and they're able to just do what they need to do. It's not always, oh my gosh, I got to come through here. I think Bader felt that in the ninth inning yesterday on Sunday. He was swinging for the fences in his at-bat in the ninth. And again, you're only down by one run. I get it. A home run can tie it. But in my, in my experience and in my opinion, when players focus on trying to hit the long ball, that long ball usually tends to not come. Usually the long balls come when you're just trying to make solid contact with the ball. I'm not a professional, so I could, could be wrong there, but I think I'm on to something. But my point is, back to the outfield, this outfield can be deadly when you have all three of these guys not trying to be the one guy. When you've got O'Neal, Carlson, or Bader, one of those three on fire. You've also got Arnado, Goldschmidt. One of those three can get on fire. The other guys can play complement roles and or take over a game. We've seen all three of these guys take over a game on both sides of the baseball this year. This outfield has a, has a chance as they continue to work through these struggles the rest of the season. Really interested to see how Bader can bounce back from a struggle after getting hot. We've seen Carlson and O'Neill start to do it. Let's see what Bader can do. And again, I think this outfield could be extremely deadly, and that that, that could be a turning point and a major, major, major strength for this team in 2022. A major strength for this team in 2021 has been Adam Wainwright. As he goes seven innings, seven hits, two earned, two walks, six punchouts on the day on Friday, he gets his 10th win of the year. I think if I would have told you back in March that if Adam Wainwright was going to be the first Cardinal pitcher to 10 wins, you would have slapped me in the face. Called me silly, said that's not going to happen. We got Jack Flaherty. But nevertheless, Jack Flaherty gets hurt, and it's all Adam Wainwright as he continues to dominate. I thought in-game he made good adjustments. Speaking of, you know, O'Neal, Carlson, Goldschmidt struggling and coming out of it. Wainwright looks flat in that sixth inning. You got, okay, okay, get him through six. He's done. He goes back out there, pitches the seventh, knows the bullpen has been shaky the last couple days against Atlanta, knows that they're taxed at the least, goes out there, gets another inning, and shuts down the uh, Kansas City Royals and is very satisfied with what he has to do. And then the bullpen behind him makes it stick with TJ McFarland and Alex Reyes with uh, two perfect innings and a strikeout apiece. Two perfect innings total and a strikeout apiece in their solo innings. Again, Wainwright has done it really the last two seasons of playing stopper. There haven't been too many times this season, except for early on. And I remember that one start in San Francisco when when I've said to myself, oh, man, that was a bad Adam Wainwright start. Because Adam Wainwright has been so dominant, literally defying Father Time. And I've talked about this a lot, but Adam Wainwright, if you give him those three and a half, maybe four seasons that he lost due to injury, and again, some of those he played in, but he wasn't full strength. 
you give him those three and a half, four, even if you give him two of those seasons back, maybe you give him 11 and 15 back. I really think you're taking a harder look at Adam Wainwright as a Hall of Fame member. I really am. He's going to get a red jacket because he's going to make the Cardinal Hall of Fame. I don't think anybody is wearing 50 again. But I do think he, you would take a harder look at Cooperstown if he were to get a couple of those seasons back. So all in all, a very positive weekend against Kansas City. You saw Lester and the defense struggle in Game 3. You saw the offense be able to fight back in Game 3. They were solid in Games 1 and 2. The, the offense was. Kim wasn't really solid in Game 2, but you saw Wainwright pitch very well. Bullpen was a lot better this weekend. And again, I get it. The Royals are a bad baseball team. They're in fourth place. They're way out of the playoff line. I get it. But looking for individual improvement to help the mindset going in to 2022 if a playoff push is not in the cards in 2021, which as we get closer to the elimination date, looking like it might be out of out of reach for St. Louis. So that's going to do it for the series recap. Now to answer your questions that you asked on the Cardinal Instagram story at or my Instagram story on the show's Instagram story at LO underscore Cardinals. So I'll be answering those coming up here in just a moment. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar in the market. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They are the best tasting protein bars on the market. And if you don't believe me, get yourself a mix box where you can get a mix box. So that is two of each of the nine flavors that Built Bar has to offer. These things are incredible. Whether you're going to get the double chocolate, the raspberry, the mint brownie, the orange, the raspberry, you can't go wrong with these flavors. Built Bar has something for everyone. That's right. Everyone, anybody can get something they like because they're the best tasting protein bars and they're healthy. These bars have 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of sugar and net carbs. You cannot go wrong with a built bar of your choice. And if you're wondering, oh, maybe these protein bars are a bit expensive, don't worry because now we're offering you a promo code. You can go to built.com to get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCKED15. So you can get the best tasting protein bars that are still incredibly healthy for a discounted kind of price. And get yourself a double chocolate for me because that's my favorite and they're all covered 100% in chocolate. Once again, go to built.com and hit the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. Football is just around the corner, and you can check all the action at Bet Online. You can also get the golf, UFC, MMA action as well, and college football and college basketball will be here before you know it. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline.ag and use your mobile device to get all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as teams are prepping for their runs to the playoffs and you can get into the game. Head to the website, betonline.ag, and enter the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So you guys had some questions for me on the Locked On Cardinals Instagram story, LO underscore Cardinals, if you're curious. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and answer those today. Matthew Hunter, 1128, says, What do you think your future job will be? Love it. Personal question. Uh, I don't really know, to be honest with you. I might go back into to broadcasting at the uh, at radio station I had back, back in college as I prepare to start my senior year in two weeks. I uh, might go work for the Cardinals, might continue to do this podcast longer than the one and a half, two years that I saw myself doing this podcast. So I don't really know. I think that there are a lot of different options for me. I'm a sport management major. 
Uh, so yes, that that does provide a lot of different options, and we we will see where where the where the road takes me. And uh, I think that I have a lot of good options everywhere, and all of them uh, have some pros and some cons to it. So, long story short, we shall see. I'm not quite sure. So thanks for the question. Tyler Schoonover 30 says, "Who's getting dropped from the rotation when Flaherty returns?" Yeah, that's a good question. I, I probably think. When Flaherty returns, it's going to be Wade LeBlanc. As Flaherty has announced that he is starting in Pittsburgh, it's not announced with the team yet as of this recording. Uh, but I do think that Flaherty will get the start against Pittsburgh this weekend, or this this week, and that uh, LeBlanc gets dropped. Not sure who goes down to the minors per se, but I think LeBlanc will at least go to the bullpen because I don't think he's going to um, be in the mix for a uh, minor league role. Uh, but I think that uh, LeBlanc goes to the bullpen. Also from Tyler, when will such job be in question? You know, I think that this might tick off a lot of fans, but I really think the Cardinals are going to give Schilt one more year. I really do believe that. They don't. I haven't seen any indication about why they wouldn't. I just really think that they they love Schilt a lot. They think that Schilt. They think that Schilt's the guy for whatever reason. You can disagree with it. You can agree with it. You can still want another year. I think it's in question now. I really do. Happy Happy birthday, Mike Schilt. <laughs> as, I'm, as I'm kind of rational a little bit. Honest, sincere, happy birthday to you. Hope he enjoys his day off on his birthday. But I do think, to answer your question, Tyler, that his job will be in question. If not already is, it'll be in question after next next year will be a make-or-break year for his managerial career, at least in St. Louis. Uh, so we'll see what, what that brings. But again, I think it'll be... Um, I think he'll keep it for next year, and then next, uh, after next season is when the Cardinals take a good look at it. Another question from Tyler. This has been the last one uh, that I answer because it's the only one I've got. What do you? What what one free agent do you think that would be the biggest help to this team next season? That's a great question. The, the free agent class is an intriguing one. You've got a list of shortstops, a slew of shortstops, and to me, that would be the biggest addition. I know that Trevor Story is having a down year, but you've got to look at the. And Trevor Story would be the guy that I go for because I think he might be the most affordable and he would be a perfect fit with Nolan Arenado. I just think that Story is the one that you need to go after to make an improvement. I think that on a good day, he can be better than DeYoung defensively. I think that he can be, can be a lot better than him offensively as well. And I just think if you put him on a winning team, you put him back with Nolan Arenado on the left side of the infield, assuming Nolan Arenado does not opt out, which I don't think he will before anybody screams and panics. I think we'll be fine with, with that. But I do think that Trevor Story would be a nice addition. I would also I would have to see I would have to take a longer look at the free agent market to see or at the bullpen market rather to see what kind of free agent bullpen arms the Cardinals could get because I do think that they need one or two of those. But the one that jumps off the page at me, and again I know he's having a down year, but him and Paul DeYoung, him, he would be an upgrade over Paul DeYoung in my opinion. Especially put him back on a winning team, maybe a little bit more motivation, um, and I think that he he would fill a really big hole in this lineup. And then I think the Cardinals, unless unless Tommy Edmond picks it up after this last season, the Cardinals need for a second baseman as a leadoff hitter. I believe that as well. But slugging and offense needs to be a key, and Trevor Story provides that, a lot of power. And I think that if you put him back on a winning team, he would be successful. So thank you to Tyler and Matthew for the questions. Uh, be sure to follow the Instagram story and the Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals to get all your questions answered and, um, uh, when I do these. So thanks for, excuse me, little mailbag section there. So, That'll do it for today's show. On tomorrow's show, previewing the Pittsburgh Pirates series as Jack Flaherty looks to make his return this week. Uh, he announced that he's starting, and as again, as of this recording, the Cardinals have not, but he says that he is set on starting, and uh, I tend to side with, with Jack Flaherty on most things. Miles Michaelis got roughed up in his most previous uh, rehab start, so hopefully he gets better as he looks to, to 
get on the mend and get his season back on track as well. But be sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel. The first episode will be up on Friday on the YouTube channel when I get back from vacation. Very excited about that. But you can still listen to these podcasts even on Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. So follow the podcast on Odyssey, Spotify, Apple. Leave a follow. Leave a rating. Tell your friends about it, whatever you need to do. You can follow me on Twitter at LJFastball. Follow me, at, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And be sure to listen to Locked on Bets to win some money um, on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic day.